Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Positive Talk Podcast. I'm Chuck Allen, and I'm typically joined by my good friend and clinical therapist, Julie Homrich. Together, we co-host the Positive Talk Podcast, and the goal of this podcast is to integrate faith and psychology so we can all move forward together in our best possible life. Integrating faith and psychology is unique, but it's not impossible. In fact, we believe that we were created body, soul, and spirit. And integrating mental health is one way that we can love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We also believe that churches have the ability to prioritize emotional and mental health as they do spiritual health. And one of the organizations that's prioritizing that merge of spiritual and mental health is Clear Path Counseling. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Clear Path Counseling Network, where at Clear Path, we believe that reaching out for help is hard enough. Finding it should be straightforward and simple. So visit clearpathcounseling.org and start your free, completely confidential assessment. It takes less than 10 minutes, and it could be just the catalyst you need to set you on a new path to hope and becoming the person God has created you to be. Last week, Julie and I talked about religious trauma and how do we prevent our community from being a source of religious trauma is our topic this week. Julie and I discussed the construct earlier this week about psychological safety, the concept that coddling isn't the answer, but we all need to have two things in our life. We need to find connection and we need to find safety. And this really plays well into the concept of how do we as churches then try to become a place that doesn't become a place that just hands out more and more religious trauma, but becomes a place that can create connection and safety, psychological safety, a shared belief that I can bring my full self to the church that I'll not be humiliated or made to feel less than about myself should I speak up with ideas, concerns, or even mistakes. I think that's an interesting thought where you could fail forward, as we say, in our churches. And one of the things that I've learned, and Julie and I have talked a lot about this, is that where does grace play into this? And I truly believe that when we become grace-filled, grace-oriented churches, then we are not a place that is either intentionally or unintentionally creating religious trauma, but we can receive people with connection and with safety. We'll talk much more about that next week. But for this week, let's start into this one thought that grace is the primary motivation for living for Christ. It's the primary motivation for Christian living. There's a positive approach to ministry when we put grace out front. And because grace can motivate people to grow in grace, not in guilt. Our preaching and our teaching doesn't have to make people feel unnecessarily guilty. Instead of emphasizing what we are or not doing, grace will emphasize who we are in Christ Jesus. That should motivate us to live up to who we are as God's greatly blessed children. I want to give you a few spiritual and biblical references here found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, or Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 through 21, or maybe even Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. As a church, when we're grace-based and grace-filled, we accept people as they 
are. I say that like I've always done it, but I, I know there have been times when I literally, as a pastor, I have not accepted people as they are because in our humanity, we can make such poor choices about how we cubbyhole people. But Jesus modeled this. A church should model Jesus' own love and gracious actions toward people. Though we're each different and prone to sin, God accepts us because we're his kids, for goodness sake, found that children in Christ Jesus, we can be grace-oriented because it shows acceptance to people not only when they come to Jesus for salvation, but also as they try to live this Christian life. That kind of church, that kind of organization that accepts differences in culture and personality, opinion and giftedness, questionable matters and personal preferences is the kind of place that recognizes that God has accepted this person, so we are to do the same. Found in Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 13, or maybe Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. I think one of the big litmus tests is when we try to find a a spiritual, a a religious, or a church-based organization, and we want to avoid religious trauma, one of the first litmus tests that we work through is how... How do they line up with things like unbiblical extremes of both license or legalism? Grace in a place that is flourishing and trying to avoid religious trauma but trying to heal and help is a place where grace is not perverted into an excuse to do whatever we please, which we call license. The Bible says that grace teaches us to live godly lives. The opposite perversion of grace, legalism, implies that we have to adhere to non-biblical or man-made standards to be acceptable to God. I've seen it. I bet you have too. But as we grow to become more like Christ and we want to accept people where they are, we have to be incredibly careful that we don't become extra biblical and add to Jesus and the scriptures. They don't need any of our help. They stand alone. A church or a religious organization can often exert subtle or overt pressure that causes people to feel like I have to conform outwardly to these kind of artificial standards. But a grace-based church, a grace-based organization holds to the Bible's clear teachings. It's, It's flexible in the unclear issues and never allows human rules to overwhelm or supersede the authority of God's word, this holy scriptures. If you're wondering where to look, go to Mark chapter 7 verses 1 through 23 or Titus chapter 2 verses 11 and 12. You know, this is a kind of place where liberty is balanced by love. Because grace frees us to love and to serve the Lord, which means we should love and serve others also. That feels natural, right? And I think as believers, often we say, well, of course we get that. But a grace-filled, grace-oriented church that's looking to make sure we don't create religious trauma will teach how to balance the joyful liberty of the Christian life with a love for God and for other people. This means that in areas of conscience or questionable things, we're encouraged to temper our activity by considering how it will affect others and by acting only out of love. 
I never said it was easy, but I do know this. This is the measure that we are encouraged to use liberty to serve others. You find that in Romans chapter 14 or in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 or in Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 and 14. And maybe one of my favorites is if you're looking to be a part of an organization that doesn't really force these kind of human norms, but can live literally with the scriptures and the likeness of Christ, you'll find an organization that has an emphasis emphasis on being, not doing. I find this a lot, that in the American church, we equate busyness with godliness. And you know what? The best way to look at that is the fact that busyness isn't godliness. Godliness is godliness. And godliness begins in the heart with the realization of who we are as God's precious children through faith in Jesus. The grace-based, grace-oriented organization encourages godliness by emphasizing growth in our personal relationship with God. Ministry and service come from a, a joyful desire to honor God, not the mistaken belief that God's not happy unless we're busy. I promise you, God longs for you to have margin in your life because where we find margin, we typically find it easier to live as a conduit of grace. You might find more about this in Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38, or in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 or 2, maybe Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, or 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 11. And you know, I think there's also something that literally takes place where when we have a place that doesn't want, that wants to take extreme measures to make sure that we're not just passing on trauma, but we're truly offering grace, I think what we will find is that there's a sincere desire to share the message of grace with the world. That those who have been freely blessed should be willing to share that blessing with others. The God of all grace desires that all of us be saved through his provision in Christ Jesus. And if a church is seeking after God's heart, not looking to harm, but to heal, that church will be active in reaching the world with the gospel of grace because that's where God's heart is. My friend, there are a lot of churches out there that are attempting to do good work. And I I wouldn't throw any of that out there to cast dispersions on anyone. My own church has great difficulty in trying to live up to this. But I could honestly say that surely more of us can choose to be grace-oriented churches, Christians who want a church home that consistently reflects the doctrines of grace will always benefit by looking for these different things that can and should happen in our organizations. Christians already in a church shouldn't use these rules or characteristics so ungraciously to condemn that church's weakness, but rather should gently and lovingly encourage the church to strive for these goals. And the best way to help a church become grace-based is to let people see those principles at work in our life first. So I want to thank you so much. I trust that some of these short thoughts will be of help to you as we think positively about how not to create religious trauma. And that's why Julie reminds us every week that positive thinking is not about avoiding negative thoughts. It's about redeeming them. Psychological safety and connectivity isn't about protecting or coddling. It's about empowering folks by creating an environment that helps meet the basic relational need for safety 
and connection. We can offer that in our churches, in our workplaces, and in our homes. It is possible. So my friend, thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Positive Talk podcast, where we're always integrating faith and psychology. And Julie and I will be back next week. And when we do, we want to take a really hard look in the last of our series on religious trauma. And we want to dig a little deeper into this concept of psychological safety. Thanks so much for being with us today. God bless you. Go in peace, and we'll see you again on the Positive Talk podcast.